The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica with your usual program to educating the general public on issues, concerns and also questions that you may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and for the sake of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a peace-loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Spread across over 200 countries, our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none. In the course of the program, if you wish to join us, please do so by way of text message via our, our WhatsApp line and the number is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. The topic for our discussion today is the love of one's country, a religious obligation. This topic has become um, very important, particularly considering the situation around the world and also um, situations pertaining to our uh, beautiful country, Jamaica, and um, certain responsibilities that um, some of um, we, the citizens, might have been taking it for granted. Not long ago, almost about two weeks ago, we celebrated our Independence Day. And, um, I mean, it was marked uh, by some, you know, fanfare and several other celebrations, which um, experts are saying might have also contributed to the sharp increase of the uh, coronavirus um, you know, crisis. But then aside the celebrations, it is a time and you know, a period in our history that we should recall the sacrifices and the, the toil of our forefathers, the blood that they shed, sacrificing their lives, their wealth and their honor to fight for such freedom that today some of us take for granted. It is um, in light of this and many other issues that we have chosen this topic to talk about the love of one's country, a religious obligation. Another important thing which we also might talk about in our program today is the elections that is slated for uh, September 3 to elect our uh, representatives, um, you know, be them the parliamentarians and also a prime minister for this beautiful country. But one thing that, you know, worries uh, me, of course, as a person who might have witnessed elections in other countries, is that the general participation 
of um, the citizens in elections here has been very low. And I have quite a number of friends who might align themselves with one or the other political parties. But if I ask them whether they are going to vote, usually the answer is no, because according to them, they don't see any need to vote um, during elections. This freedom to vote is, you know, freedom that our forefathers, you know, toiled and sacrificed a lot to give us this right to choosing our leaders, I mean, at our own will. And it is something that I believe we should not take for granted. So um, Imam Tariq Azim is going to help me uh, discuss this um, very important topic. Imam Tariq, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. May peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners. On our topic for um, discussion today, we are looking at the love of one's country um, as a religious obligation. What is the Islamic teachings on um, one's responsibilities to their country? Yes, this is an important topic. And uh, as you have mentioned, the reasons that why we have chosen this topic today. It seems very appropriate to be discussing this today. Um, there is guidance available in the Holy Quran, which is the, you know, the most important scripture of Muslim community. And uh, we believe this is a revealed book from God Almighty. And whatever is mentioned in this book, um, you know, if we apply it to our lives in the, in the manner that God has intended it, uh, we can... Uh, you know, establish peace within ourselves. We can establish peace and harmony in the society where we live in, the country that we live in. Uh, for this very important question that what are Islamic, uh, you know, what does our religion say uh, in regards to our responsibilities to our country? Uh, in chapter 4, verse 60 of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, atiyullaha wa atiyur rasoolah. The translation for this verse is that, O ye who believe, obey God, obey Allah, and obey the Prophet, and those who are in authority above you. So this verse of the Holy Quran makes it very clear to a Muslim uh, believer that uh, what their responsibilities are. In every case, a believer has to fulfill his obligations to God Almighty. That is to worship him. That is to uh, fulfill his obligation towards God Almighty and the creation of God. But then after that, immediately after that, God Almighty has said that you must also follow Ulil Amri Minkum, that is the authorities above you. So in that case, it shows you that our you know, foremost responsibility towards our country is that we obey the laws and the regulations put forth, the constitution that is there, and any other rules that are stipulated, we must obey them, we must follow them. This is an Islamic guideline, and for a Muslim, uh, it is very clear, and he should always understand, or she should always understand, that we have to um, you know, uh, obey all the laws that our country puts forth. If, for example, if, if there is a law that, can, that does not suit us uh, in the society today, the democracies. Uh, most of the democracies in the world, there is a way to bring up that issue and discuss it. So that, that is a separate aspect. I, I don't want to get into that. But at the same time, if there is a law 
may it be regards to you know uh, speed limit for example a small thing or may it be regards to how uh, uh, houses should be made and the regulations regarding that or may it be such as the time that we are going through coronavirus covid-19 uh, may it be in regards to that such as wearing of masks in certain places the social distancing rules that are in place all these things we have to as muslims try and abide by them there is another narration or another thing of the holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him <laughs> that i wish to add here as well uh, he has been quoted to say hubbul watni min al imani and in some places it is translated as love of your country or love of one's country is part of the faith and in other places it is translated as loyalty of one's country is part of the faith so you know as a muslim i i i cannot actually be a true muslim if i don't have love for my country if i'm not loyal to the country that that i reside in so to be a true and sincere muslim i must exhibit i must show i must have loyalty and sincerity or loyalty and love for the country in my heart so this is the islamic principle or islamic teaching uh, and uh, you know how we should be loving and caring and loyal to the countries we reside in i mean unfortunately we hear examples of different people uh, breaking the laws all over the world in their respective countries but as a true muslim i would always or whoever it is he would always uh, obey the laws of the land obey the laws of the country because to be a good muslim to be a true muslim i must uh, you know abide, i must be a law abiding citizen in reference to the teaching of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam which you quoted you stated that um, in his saying he's reported to have said that love of one's country or loyalty to one's country is part of faith but then you qualified it by saying that um, where a person resides so it does not mean from what you said it doesn't mean that um, that person's country alone but then wherever you reside you have to be loyal to that country absolutely absolutely i mean the country is providing for you if you're living in a country it means it is providing you with a place to stay it is providing you some form of refuge then naturally you owe it to that country the country that you're residing in your loyalties must lie with that country over the weekends um you know because of the elections which is just um around the corner um there was nomination day i think on tuesday and um actually i was i had an arrangement to meet somebody and on my way going i was taken you know by a surprise a long queue of 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 traffic and uh, we spent over 30 minutes before we got to usually where we would normally spend less than 2 minutes to you know uh, traverse that i mean uh, portion of the road and once we got into the the town it was an i saw the political activists left right center and you could see that most of them were not in the masks and um this this has has raised a very serious discussion across you know the the, the various uh, media outlets that unfortunately the crisis has i mean as we are going through now has not been given the 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 respect that we all have to treat the country that we claim to to love 
and um, if you ask the politicians, the political leaders, they will blame the citizens. If you ask the citizens, they are also blaming the political leaders, particularly during the nomination day. Do we really um, understand when we say we love our country? And if so, is it worth sacrificing for our country? Yes, there is a responsibility both as leaders of the country and as citizens of the country. And uh, it is, you know, uh, important that both uh, sides play their role in fulfillment. Um, we, you know, for example, it is easy to criticize other people, but it is important that each individual looks at themselves and tries to fulfill the obligation, tries to uh, do what is right, try to fulfill, ob obey the law himself uh, while reminding other people. So the leaders of the country, for them, it becomes a double responsibility that they want the citizens to follow the, the laws, the whatever uh, you know, regulations are there. Then they should be the first ones to implement it in themselves. So I hope that going forward, uh, we will not see what we have witnessed over the past few days, especially in different places. And uh, we have seen lack of care, uh, not just in political events, even in several other places, where we see that uh, the you know the due respect to this uh, pandemic is not given. When I say due respect, what I mean is that the due care, the due you know the the, the necessary social distancing, it's not being observed. So that is uh, extremely important. But your other question is: it worth to sacrifice for one's country? I personally understand from my you know my religion that yes, it is absolutely necessary. To, to make sacrifices for your country. Because your country is, if you were born here, you, this is the country where you took your first breath. This is your own home. This is your country. I mean, this is the place where you were born as an infant and now whatever age you are, you're a grown-up. This is the place that has nourished you, right? Whatever, like, I mean, all the things that, that the country has, through that, you have, you have become a grown person. This is the place that has provided you food for all your you know, years. It has provided you sustenance over the years. Then you have made a living in this place. You have, you know, whatever job you've had, whatever business that you've had, you have earned it from, you know, living here or serving the people within this country. So naturally, I mean, you owe it to this country to make sacrifices when it is required. So this is the Islamic teaching as well that you must, when I, you know, earlier I presented that, saying of the uh, founder of Islam, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that loyalty to your country is part of the faith. So in that, you owe it to the country that whenever uh, there is a time when you need to make sacrifice, whenever and if, you know, uh, whichever form it may be in, we should be ready to make those sacrifices. And not just that, I mean, see, when we come into a country, uh, when we are born into a country or when we move to a country, we can say that our country is not in the perfect condition. It might not be. But at the same time, you chip in, you help out, and you try to make it a better place. Especially you want to make it and leave it a better place the day you depart from this world. You want it to be better than what you found it the day you were born. You want to make it better for the future generation. Perhaps your own children will be growing up in that very land. It is possible that, that someone might say that, uh, that my children will not be living in this country. Or someone might say that I'm not going to have kids. I mean, even if those are the cases, still, 
as I mentioned, that a country that you're where you're living, you owe it to that country for all that it has given you. And you know, such statements are extremely selfish. That therefore, because my children are not going to live here, not going to live here, so I don't owe anyone anything. That's that that's absolutely not true. As a as a Muslim, as a as a loyal citizen of any country, we it is our responsibility to to try and leave the place better than what we found it earlier. You know, so sacrifices are important when it comes to uh, loyalty towards a country, love for your country. If you're not willing to make sacrifices, then your claim of love, your claim that I am loyal to my country, it's just a mere claim and has no meaning. So sacrifices are very important. But I mean, some, some people, some listeners might be wondering that uh, when we talk about uh, loyalty or love for country or patriotism in general, uh, sometimes it can have uh, negative consequences, right? Like for example, there, there, there's uh, other countries in the past we have seen that patriotism reached such levels that it started to affect other countries. In that case, yes, we must understand that when we say that you have to love your country and be loyal to your country, it means that you have to um, basically full, uh, you know, work for your freedom. It does not mean to oppress other people, right? Yeah. Like for example, when we look at the, the history of Germany, Second World War, when it took place, um, the idea within Germany, particularly the supporters of Hitler, were, was the idea was that their nation, their race, their people are superior to others and they should uh, therefore be the rulers of the world, right? But that idea is certainly dangerous and we, Islam or any other religion for that matter, does not allow that kind of patriotism. The patriotism that is supported by Islam and other religions even, is that we should protect and defend our freedom, protect ourselves, and then also help others as well, not hurt others, right? Even today, there are certain countries, superpowers in the world that, uh, you know, within their own country, they will give all types of freedoms and they yeah. will act to be all patriotic, but their patriotism is taking the lives or sucking the lives out of, you know, out of dozens of other countries in the world. And that's not appropriate. So when we say we have to make sacrifices for our country, it means that we try to preserve, we try to protect the freedoms that are in our country. We try to make our country a better place, but not at the expense of other nations, other people and other countries. Um, I should say also that um, anytime we celebrate our national heroes, we are not celebrating people who were selfish. People who were we are not celebrating people who did not, you know, care about their their countries. If, for instance, um, you know, Paul Berger considered himself alone and his immediate family, and did not think about any other person else, he wouldn't have, you know, been uh, considered as um, one of the, I mean, the leaders who led the uh, Morant Bay protesters who was. Uh, subsequently arrested by the government and later on was honored with this uh, national um, accolade as a national hero. Say Alexander Bustamante, Marcus Garvey, I mean George, um, William Gordon and I mean none of the Maroons. These are people that once we celebrate them we should look up to them and given any opportunity try to be like them and I believe this is what might translate 
us loving our country. Unfortunately, as I said, if we look at what is going on, um, increasingly the world is becoming so um, individualistic in thinking that we always think about ourselves alone and not think about the others. Um, Imam Tariq, let's, let's, as a religious leader, let's look at the, um, the whole discussion, taking it to the um, individual as a religious uh, follower. Religiously speaking, what are some of the responsibilities that a person owes to their, um, you know, country? Yes, there, is a, there are several responsibilities. I've jotted down about five or six very basic ones. But I think I, just would, I would like to just clarify one thing, especially when we say love for your country is part of the faith or loving your country is necessary. Um, it, it must be understood that it, loving does not mean that we, we have to believe that our country is the most perfect country or all our laws and everything is in perfect shape or the people are living perfect lives. No, it does not mean that. Love just means that there may be, uh, or there certainly is even, uh, room for improvement. And you have to try and improve that. So somebody might say that I, there, there is nothing to love for in, in my country, not necessarily Jamaica, maybe another country in the world where, where there's such a bad shape. But the love in that situation just means that you should have a desire to serve that country. And that through that love, there are some responsibilities that each person uh, owes to their con respective countries. So what are some of those responsibilities, as you asked? Uh, first and foremost, it is that we must pray for the well-being of our country and our countrymen, right? As yeah. Muslims, we have a very strong belief in God Almighty. We believe that, you know, whatever we do, uh, it would be devoid of blessings if we are not praying to God Almighty. So therefore, as Muslims, we believe that we must pray to God Almighty, and then it, that prayer must be accompanied by action to see the full and maximum result. Okay. So therefore, we must pray for our country that uh, God keep it safe, that God makes, that God brings just and righteous rulers in our land, and that, uh, you know, that, that, that every person can live freely. All these prayers that, all, you know, the way we want our country to be, we should pray to God Almighty for the well-being of our country, you know, keeping those things in mind. Secondly, um, our responsibility towards our country is to, you know, when there are certain times of crisis in a country, yeah. such as the one that we are going through right now, COVID-19, our responsibility would be that in any type of crisis, we must take the, the, the regulations, the instructions, very seriously and act upon them, right? Yeah. If we cannot do this, then, you know, see, this, this, uh, uh, the, the time that we are going through right now, it's such a critical time that if we cannot obey the instructions in this time, it can be catastrophic. It can have very detrimental, uh, you know, impact in, in, in the years to come. So therefore, it, in times of crisis, it becomes even more necessary to obey and follow the instructions issued by our authorities. So that is the second most important point that we must keep in mind. Uh, that is our responsibility towards our country. Okay. Thirdly, as you mentioned in the beginning that the time of election is coming near. Uh, just a few days later, uh, you will be voting, the Jamaicans will be voting 
to elect their, uh, you know, their next leaders. So in that case, it becomes our responsibility to elect responsible leaders. We live in a society which is a democratic society. Yeah. Where, you know, you can say the majority rules, right? Yeah. And th this is an opportunity for each individual to go out there and fulfill their civic obligation and vote for the person that they think is the best. Not just because I have supported this color or that color or this party or that party since, since I was a child. No. Or because, because my father used to support it and his father used to support it. No. But because you think that the leader that you're voting for has the potential to make a positive change in the country. This should be the main uh, you know, reason that you're voting for a particular person. You should look at the performance of a particular person before, like for example, if there is a, if there is a uh, person who is uh, uh, contesting in the election for the first time and has never contested before, you can still see what he has done in his community before that. Sure. If you think that this person has the potential uh, you know, they can serve the country in such manner that therefore now, uh, if we elect him as the leader, there is a hope that he will do good. Then you should vote. But if there is nothing back uh, supporting that person and you're only voting because he, he uh, you know, wears a certain color, right? Then that is not sufficient reason. So uh, the Holy Quran is very clear on this topic that the trust should be given or should be given to those who, who are, uh, you know, De deserving of deserving it. Deserving of it, yeah. Exactly. So keeping that in mind, God Almighty and your, uh, you know, your country even has given you this trust that now you go out there and vote for the person you think is the best for the country. And then so when you think of it from that perspective, when you, instead of uh, being biased in any way, whether thinking best for the country, you go out there and you cast your vote, that will have much better impact in the overall society. It will, have, it will bring much better results than rather just, uh, you know, uh, going there and voting just because I've been supporting this party all my life. Sure. So instead of that, we need to look at the policies that they are proposing, that they're saying, and then if we like those things, then we should go out and vote for them. If the party that we have supported all our lives, but the, the other party is presenting a better policy or an yeah. idea, alternative, then is, instead of saying that just because I've been loyal to this party, no, our loyalty should not necessarily lie with the party. Our loyalty should lie with the country. And wherever we see uh, hope of betterment for the country, we should go and vote for that particular leader in our, in our constituency. So this is another important responsibility that as a Muslim, we have toward our country. Number four, um, and this is very important as well. That is our you know, dues that we have to pay towards uh, our government, such as the taxes that we pay on income, our properties and various things like that. You will find so many businesses yeah. that will promote patriotism, that will put the Jamaican flag outside their, uh, their, you their know, business store or their, their, their business. Reception and other places. Exactly. And, and, and they will um, perhaps even celebrate some programs. But when it comes to paying taxes, you would notice that some of them, not all of them, some of yeah. them will, will try to uh, hide some of their circumvent, income. Or, circumvent the, the process. Circumvent the process so that they, they don't have to 
pay their dues to the government, pay their dues to the country, basically. So this is this is uh, this is wrong. This is basically robbing your own country. Just saying that I love my country and I, you know, look at the shirt that I'm wearing or the colors that I have on me. No, none of that matters. What's important is that you pay the dues towards the country. If you are eating in that country, if you are, you know, finding your job, your business, your nourishment in that country, whichever way, um, then you must pay back whatever is required of you. That is extremely important. And, and, and this is such a basic principle that if you are a true Christian, if you are a true Muslim, if you are a true believer of any religion, it will tell you that be honest, be sincere, because this is part of your responsibility towards the place that you are living in, towards the country that you're residing in. Number five, uh, fifth point that I have in front of me is defending and protecting the honor of your country. This is also our responsibility. Well, well. How can we do that? Well, there is many ways to do that. Um, it's not. It, it, it's not just that you know we we put on the, the uh, colors of our country and say that now we we are proud of our country. No, that's, that's not it. enough. To pro protect the honor and defend the honor of our country, it means that we make our country such a peaceful place that when other people look at it. They, they envy it, they, they envy the beauty, you know, the, the unity of the country, the safety and the peace and the harmony of the country. This is how we can best defend and protect the honor of our country. It doesn't just mean that we go out there and make speeches and things like that. No, rather to defend and protect the honor of our country, we must make our country such so peaceful and harmonious, then automatically our, you know, um, our country will rise and shine in front of the world that this is where, you know, this is the country that is an excellent place uh, for its people and all the people, other people in the world as well. You know, the opportunities that it provides. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is, sometimes I observe that, um, uh, you know, people uh, in pride for their country become arrogant. That's not important. That's not nice. That's not right, actually. If someone points out something that is uh, that needs to be corrected in one particular place instead of getting angry and frustrated and uh, you know getting violent perhaps instead of that we should take the, the whatever criticism has been given to us and try to improve that in our country so this is important when i speak the, the reason i'm clarifying this is because yeah, yeah. i said defend and protect the honor of the country defending and protecting the honor of the country does not mean going out and, and hurting people does not mean that when somebody uh, gives positive criticism, you take it as ne negative and, you know, uh, you, you try to rather insult the person that might have given a suggestion. So this is another thing that we must defend and protect the honor of the country. And how we can do that is by making our country the best country in the world. When I say best country in the world, meaning most peaceful, most harmonious, most caring for the people that reside in it and also very kind and caring towards other countries in the world as well. Lastly, um, very and very importantly, is to serve the country we reside in. There is many, many ways that we can serve our country, but I'll just mention three particular ways. Number one, that is by the soldiers that are serving the country, JDF, the Defense Force, and that is an excellent example of how they are serving Jamaica then we have JCF Constabulary Force. They're putting their lives on the risk for, for the safety and 
protection of people every single day. That is another way of serving. And uh, then also lately because of COVID-19, uh, but even at other times, the healthcare professionals, the doctors, the nurses, and all other uh, workers that are associated with the healthcare department, uh, that is another way of serving your country and the people of your country. I mean, I can, I can go on, the list can be, many more things can be added, but these are the five or six things that I wanted to share with the listeners. Thank you very much, Imam Tarek, uh, for taking us through um, these important um, responsibilities that um, as individuals of faith we owe to our country. And if you have just joined us, you are listening to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with your usual program to answering your questions and also concerns and the things you need to know about the religion of Islam. Today we are talking about the love of one's country as a religious obligation. And in case you would want to join us, please do so by WhatsApp and the number is 876-283-9533. And Imam Tarek is still with us and um, I have some um, other questions for him to um, answer for us. But then... Um, Going over what Imam Tariq said, he um, said that um, as people of faith, there are various and several responsibilities that we owe to our country. And the first one he mentioned was that we should be praying for our country as we pray for ourselves. We should pray for our country. And also he said that in times of crisis, there are several responsibilities that we as citizens need to adhere to, particularly um, considering the current crisis, the coronavirus crisis, we are citizens. And if we believe in God, if we see that we are people of faith, then we need to also um, give to the country what is due to the country by, I mean, following the guidelines given to us by our, you know, authorities. And also, he stated that um, election is just around the corner. It is our civic responsibility, actually a responsibility that has been entrusted to us by our forefathers. I mean, some of them losing their lives, fighting for us to have this freedom, and that is to vote, the freedom to vote. Um, there are some religious um, you know, groups that don't consider voting as part of faith, but then Muslims believe in this, that um, it is another form of or another way of showing our loyalty to our country. He also mentioned um, our tax obligations. They need to also fulfill the requirement of feeding the country that we reside in. And then also he said we should uh, defend and protect the honor of our country. He made mention of the um, JDF, the JCF, and also the healthcare personnel. And, of course, none of our actions or inactions should be a cause of uh, defaming or blacklisting our country. Imam Tariq, um, there are some, um, you know, as Muslims, anytime we have such discussions, we look back to the life of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam as a guide and also a teacher who God gave this beautiful religion of Islam, for which reason we are here today talking about such beautiful teachings that um, we can all contribute to making our countries a best place or the best place, I mean, on earth. 
Are there some teachings with respect to the Prophet Muhammad Sallam that you know um, affirm some of these um, teachings we have spoken about? Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, we always look towards the character of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings of God be upon him, the founder of religion of Islam. And we always find guidance in his character. We, we learn from his character that how one should behave in any given situation. So today, as our topic is um, our responsibilities towards our country or love for one's country, uh, a religious obligation, we, we certainly find a lot of guidance in the character of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Uh, he was born and raised in the city of Mecca. And Mecca is a city in present-day Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So he was born there, he was raised there, and you can see when you study his life that he had immense love for that, uh, that, that town, that city of his. Yeah. He cared for that place. And whenever he had the opportunity, he served it. He served that place throughout uh, you know, his, his youth years and later as well. He used to help people from Mecca all the time. When pilgrims or other people used to come into the town, he would find ways to help them. And even whenever uh, there was a war or anything that the, the, the town had to fight against anyone else or anything like that, he would provide assistance in that. If there was some conflict within the, between the people of Mecca, he would try and resolve those conflicts. This was his service to that country or to that town that he was residing in. And he continued to do that throughout his life. And later when he was appointed as a prophet by God Almighty, yeah. You know, he was such a respected man in, in that society. But when he uh, was appointed as a prophet, uh, all prophets go through severe persecution in their, in their countries, in their homeland, in their towns, right? I mean, Prophet yeah. Jesus has been quoted as saying that a prophet has no honor in, in his own country. Yeah. This is Prophet Jesus has been quoted saying this. So we, we see that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, so, was so. very... He's very severely persecuted in his, own, in his own town. And after living there, despite that persecution for a number of years, he eventually migrated to Medina, another city north of Mecca. After facing severe persecution for a number of years, the Prophet, peace be upon him, had no choice but to migrate from that city. Yeah. And when he was migrating, he left the town and he mentioned that he was just outside the town and he looked towards the city with tears in his eyes. And he, and he said that, you know, you're the most beloved land to God. You're the most beloved land to me. Had the polytheists, the people of this town, not forced me out of you, I would never have come out and left you. This is how much love he had for that city of his where he was born. He, was, he tried to give everything to that city, meaning because that was his home, right? So whichever yeah. home that we have, whichever country or town or parish that we reside in, we should show our utmost uh, love and sincerity and devotion and care towards that place, right? Trying to make it a better place as Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Salam. continued to, uh, to, uh, to do so throughout his life. Well, so as eventually he moved out or he migrated from there. And later, when he migrated to the, the, the new city, which is now known as Medina, uh, he was appointed as a ruler of this new town. And now when he was appointed a ruler of this town, his loyalties, his love was with this new country that had given him refuge, with this new town that had given him refuge. 
So what did he do? He served this new place that he had made his home in now. He looked for the best interest of this, this new place, making this a secure, safe, and a better place for its, its citizens. He went around and established peace treaties with surrounding towns and tribes in that area so that the people of that town can live in peace. If anyone ever attacked his, his area, his village, his town, he defended that. He fought with, you know, with the other people within the town. Whatever conflicts that were boiling up in that city before he arrived, and even later, he always worked to resolve those conflicts peacefully. This is how he served that new home that he had established, basically, you know, that, that, that had given him refuge. So th this is what we see throughout the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Wherever he went, wherever he lived, he always looked for ways to serve that country, that place that, has, that had given him refuge, that was taking care of him. And his loyalties and his love was you know, very visible uh, in, in his day-to-day uh, you know, -day life. And that is exactly what Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, has said uh, to us as well. He said, Hubbul watni min al-imani that love for your country, loyalty to, for your country is part of the faith. If you want to be a good Muslim, if you want to be a sincere Muslim, then you must, have, must be loyal to your country. And, and, and at the beginning, I mean, I've been, mentioned another verse from the Holy Quran, but here, uh, if, if you permit, I will mention one more verse uh, from the Holy Quran. It is mentioned in chapter 49, verse 12 of the Holy Quran. It is said, O ye who believe, let not one people deride another people who may be better than they. And then it says, and defame not your own people. This is important. This, the country that we reside in, Holy Quran teaches us that we must not insult. We must not say bad things about our place. And, and, and unfortunately, not just here in Jamaica, but across the world, many people just randomly sitting and gossiping, they will start start. Uh, saying so many bad things about their country, yeah. it's, uh, it, it, it's not appropriate. And uh, this, you know, breaks the spirit um, of, of uh, patriotism and uh, dedication towards your country. You should look to improve your country, but that does not mean that we start to defame our own nation, our own country, our own people. And that is, that is exactly what we see that Prophet Muhammad, peace be, upon, uh, peace be upon him, taught us through his life, throughout his action, that you must respect your country, the one that has given you refuge, the one that has nourished you, the one that is taking care of you, the one that you call home. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq. And um, you, you, it, there's, there's something so, um, you know, emotional. There's something emotional you mentioned about the Prophet's um, departure when he was leaving um, the city of Mecca for Medina due to persecution. He was being basically um, being driven away from the town of his birth to another town, which was almost um, 250 uh, miles, um, as you mentioned, from Mecca to Medina. And as you said, he looked at the town and said, you are the most beloved to me. And had it not been the case that I have been driven away or I'm being driven away, I would not have left you as, um, you know, a town. Unfortunately, today, if we were to go, I mean, on the street um, with passports and visa, you know, available, 
asking about 10 people given the opportunity would they leave the country maybe nine and i am just reserving one i wouldn't want to say everybody but then i'm just reserving one maybe nine out of ten would agree to leave the country for a different country and mostly you would see people yearning to travel to us to canada to uk of course i am not suggesting that i mean if there is a serious need to travel don't travel but then i believe some of these countries that we would you know be dying to visit or to go and stay there these are countries that others have also sacrificed a lot to establish and if we also sacrifice the way others have done we can make our country also one of the best countries in the world and um those who have the opportunities to leave some of these um, third world countries or developing countries, once they go to the so-called foreign lands or foreign countries, they try to observe almost all the rules. They don't litter. They don't, you know, in terms of driving, they try to observe the speed limit and other things. However, when we come back to our own country of birth, we, you know, litter almost everywhere. And in terms of driving, we don't obey. It, it, is, it is something so worrying. And I believe as Muslims, we have an example from the holy founder of Islam, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, particularly from the example you mentioned. And um, it is something that I believe we should all try to work towards it. We are bringing the program to a close. And I would ask you, um, I think this should be the last question I have for you today. Most of the examples we have uh, given have been taken from the Holy Quran and also um, the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, particularly referring to the Islamic teachings. Are there some references to these teachings in previous scriptures where maybe a Christian or any other person who is not a Muslim can also relate to? Yes, certainly there is. Uh, I mean, I, I made actually some uh, research and tried to find some verses um, on patriotism in the Bible, particularly because uh, most people here adhere to the Christian faith. So, and I found that there was uh, tons of verses, several verses actually, that uh, that remind people that you have to be loyal and caring of your country. And the most, you know, actually, the whole Bible repeatedly says. Uh, o children of Israel, or addresses the nation of Israel and reminds them of their obligation. That itself, you know, because according to Islamic understanding at least, Bible was revealed, the Old Testament and the New Testament was revealed for the guidance, for the betterment of the people of Israel, the Israelites. Yeah. So therefore, I mean, repeatedly uh, when you read Bible and the term Israel is used, I, I feel that it is a reminder to those people who are Israelites that they should be loyal to their country. So similarly, each country, each as a person, whichever country and whichever nation he belongs to or she belongs to, should be loyal and uh, loving towards that, uh, towards his identity or her identity. Um, I presented one verse before, which said, uh, which is from John 4, verse 44, a prophet has no honor in his own country. This is, you know, these words of Jesus, it, it shows you the pain that he had for his own uh, place of residence because he wanted them to understand and accept the message. When they didn't understand, you can see that he, he had that pain that his own people have not accepted. And he obviously he would, he would have desired 
that his people would have been the first ones rather to, to benefit from that message. Yeah. But that's just a small example. But I, I actually want our listeners to turn to uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, and uh, verses 13 to 17. This is Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 13 to 17. And I quote, Later, they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. He said, why are you trying to trap me? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin. That was the currency. The currency. Correct. Yes. He said, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. What is this lesson that he's giving us here? The same lesson that we learned from the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, the same lesson that was given in the verses that I've quoted from the Holy Quran, that you must obey the laws and the rules of the country that you reside in. Caesar, of course, was not a, uh, you know, a follower of the religion of Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, but even then, because uh, he was living and the people at that of you know uh, the early followers of Jesus, they were living in his um, uh, you know under his rule. So he asked, he told them that you must give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? So if there is a tax or anything like that, it should be paid to uh, whichever city, whichever country we reside in, and that is a way of uh, you know fulfilling uh, our responsibility towards our country. Which means that we cannot hide under religion to disrespect or disregard the rules of our country. Certainly not. Rather, religion, may it be Islam, may it be Christianity, or may it be any other, uh, teaches us that we must be loyal to our countries. If any of our, uh, you know, uh, religious pastors or ministers of any religion teaches us other teach us otherwise, it means that they are going against the very fundamental teachings given in our scriptures. None of the scriptures teach dishonesty. That's number one rule. And all of them, uh, you know, the ones that are from God Almighty, always they will teach that we should obey the authorities uh, that, that, uh, of the land that we reside in. Thank you very much. And uh, I believe here is all that time would allow us on today's program. But then I would ask Imam Tarek to give us um, a summary of everything basically he said. Or let me ask you, your final words, considering everything we have said and also keeping in view the cases, you know, um, coronavirus cases rising and also elections just, I mean, around the corner and also the fact that we just celebrated independence, we just celebrated the, the love and the toil of our forefathers. What are your last words for our listeners? I, I would say that our listeners, our people should... Um love their country, but not just in words. They should look to make this country a better place. Are we doing that? If we're not doing that, 
then our claim of loving our country is just a mere claim and has no meaning uh, in it at all. And secondly, as you mentioned, that uh, there's COVID-19 and then there's the elections coming up just in a few days. In regards to both of these things, I want to say that follow the instructions that the authorities are you know, giving you because you know, when thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people will be going out there to vote, it becomes even more necessary in this time of COVID-19 that we follow the, the social distancing and other rules. One very simple instruction is that wear masks, especially when you are in indoors and particularly when you're around a lot of people. So make sure that you do that. I will make sure that I do that. And similarly, um, you know, vote responsibly, vote uh, for the person that you believe uh, has the right idea and the right policies he has been presenting in the debates and whatnot. And you know, th that is my final words for today's program. And of course, as you said, love our country not by words. Um, this is um, the last, you know, um, words we will share for today's program. And today we spoke about love of one's country, a religious obligation. And um, Imam Tariq Azim, president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, was my guest on the program and um, I'm very much you know thankful to him for um, the depth of knowledge he has I mean treating this topic and to my dear listeners this all that time would allow on today's you know program but then um, please help me say a very big thank you to Imam Tariq for the contribution and also all those who made today's program a success our studio technicians and you also the wonderful listener without you this program wouldn't be the beautiful program it is may the good lord bless you and protect each and every one of us and our loved ones until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya muslim community it's love for all and hatred for none Assalamu alaikum
Salli ala nabina 